Hello and welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. My name is Adam Collins and I'm one of the hosts. Shortly, Adam Harvey and Lisa Cooper will be joining me. This podcast was set up off the back of our not-for-profit business, The Brave and Determined Company, where we sell gym apparel and clothing to raise money to help people on their mental health journeys. Adam, Lisa and I know the benefits counselling can have as we've all used it at times in our lives and we fully understand the positive effect. And this is our mission, to provide free therapy to anyone that needs it and improve people's mental health through discussion and promoting physical health. We're just three friends from North Dorset, trying to break the stigma surrounding mental health and we're definitely having fun on the way. This podcast is totally free and we hope you enjoy it. The way to help us is to subscribe to our channel and please leave a comment. Spread the word of the movement we've started. We hope you enjoy the show, but if you don't, we're still going to keep doing it anyway. Welcome to the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. Good evening. Welcome to episode 12 of the Really Bad Mental Health Podcast. Welcome, Lisa and Adam. How are you? Good. I'm very good, thank you. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Harbs, you've frozen already. This is a good start to the podcast. (laughs) It's because you're out in the middle of nowhere. We discussed that last week, didn't we? (laughs) Harbs, how was the birthday party? Did you throw some shapes? Uh, I threw my shape. I only have one shape. Yeah, what is that shape? You said that on the last one, but what is your shape? It's it's um it's kind of John Travolta Saturday Night Fever Ooh. meets Mr Blobby. Ah, see, I was thinking it's that kind of vibe. It was the one where you know your right hand goes up and your left hand goes down. You know, like the John Travolta Saturday Night Fever thing. So we're we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah, it's just not but for as... those people who are watching the podcast. Lisa's now demonstrating. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Yes. That's what you got some, Yeah, you got some moves, man. You we got to do this video one day. But yeah, your your daughter's birthday was good. Yeah, halves. It was great. I mean, we had her. She's ten. We had her entire class in a hall with some loud music, and they were all wired on uh, on sugar um, for about two hours. And we yeah, they they loved it. I hated it, and that's what birthday parties are all about. I'm lucky enough that my children are old enough that we don't do birthday parties anymore. And I gotta say, I hated every one of the kids' parties. Not one single. I mean, they loved it. You know, cake ice. Do they not get better though? Like as time goes on. Like I went to Molly and Lola's of like four-year-olds for two hours, running around solidly, which was hectic. But I imagine as they get older, they get a little bit more tolerable. No, the the good thing is, the older they get, that you can reduce the numbers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get to the point where they don't want parties anymore. They want to go ice skating, and you go, well, you can only take one friend because it's going to cost me about eight hundred quid. So you know, we're we're not doing yeah. the big party anymore. Oh, okay. My son went bowling for his party a little while ago, and that was a lot more. You know, it was a few few, a smaller group, and uh, you know, McDonald's bowling. It's a lot more straightforward. I'm a lot more involved in that kind of thing. The worst thing is not hosting your kids parties but it's having to go to those parties of other kids <laughs> oh my days that's, that's yeah just... and when i say i hate kids parties that's what i hate and then you just end up talking your small talk with people you don't really know right. and on a sunday afternoon you want to be doing anything else than be at the east hour village hall drinking rubbish coffee and watching kids go nuts and you stood there with a little paper plate that with some weird sort of sandwich triangle on it and a what's it that 
it's probably been tasted before by one of the kids. Oh, a soggy, what's it? <laughs> I did go to one birthday party though when the kids were little because um, it was Ollie's friend, Isla, her mum and dad owned the Stapleton and Buckle Weston. And we went there, bounce castle in the garden, sun was out, and the best fish and chips you've ever tasted. I was like, nice. man, I'll come back here every week for this kid's party. This is amazing. You know, the kids are having a whale yeah. of a time, and I'm eating as much as I possibly can. It was fantastic. The exception, not the rule. Generally, they're... <laughs> Beep. <laughs> uh, Lise, how was the walk for wards? Oh, it was emotional. I'm not going to lie. It was... <laughs> I think we were probably the slowest 3K walkers out of the group. We were holding up the rear most of the time. But yeah, bless my dad. He did it. He was so determined. We got to like the one and a half K and you could go back to Wilton House at that point to kind of do like a shorter route. So that's what the kids did because we thought we were going to drag them all the way around. Um, and I said to him, do you want to go back now? No, no, I'm going to do it. I was like, sure. Because if we keep going now, Whichever way we go, we've got to come back a mile. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no easy way. He's like, no, no, I'm going to do it. And he, bless him, he went over the bridge, up the little hill, around the... It was, oh, and there's, like, so many people stopped on the way just to say, like, you know, keep going, well done, you're doing a great job. It, people are so emotional, don't they? And, like, reading everyone's little signs. Just to recap, Lise, what's uh, your dad's journey? Um, so he caught COVID the week that my mum passed away. Um, and he's he's got an autoimmune disease so we knew if he caught it it was going to be quite serious for him because he had to shield originally and then he was all right for the first sort of 10 days we got him through that and thought he'd be all right and then after that he got taken into hospital because his oxygen levels kept dropping he was in hospital for just over six weeks and he spent one in intensive care and yeah he came out on oxygen on ambulatory oxygen and they kind of said he'd need that going forward to do most activities uh, and he managed to come off that in February which was amazing and yeah he wanted to walk it for the wards to raise some money to sort of uh, Salisbury District Hospital. He went through all that and then there he was at the weekend doing the walk for wards completing it like a pro and the video was brilliant. Oh was I know so cute. Yeah. Oh amazing absolutely amazing I don't mean there was a dry eye in the house watching that you no. know fair play to him. It was emotional because like you say at one point it was touch and go as to whether he'd he was on the highest amount of oxygen they could give him through the CPAP mask um, and they sort of reached his ceiling of care and it was just to wait and see as to whether he responded or not. I remember you saying, Lisa, that he would be on that for life. Yeah. You know, the NHS is a wonderful thing. We are very, very yeah. privileged to have that. Yeah, and yeah. As much as people moan a lot about, you know, waiting times and stuff, you look at what they do when there's an emergency and how much they help you. And um, yeah. yeah, the walk for wards is a fantastic thing. So I think you yeah. guys did a great job and he's definitely yeah. brave and determined to get around 3K. Oh, I know. It's so cute. And he's raised, well, together, I've raised about 300. He's raised about 600. So we're nearly at £1,000. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's really cool. That's really Everyone's cool. been very generous. And thank you to everyone who sponsored us. Nice family day. Yeah, awesome. Well done. So you'll notice there's a couple of new things on the pod last week. We've got some music now, which I think is really cool. We've had some good feedback about that. And I've worked how to beep out swearing. So you guys can say whatever you want, although I'm the swearer so far on here. So um, Harvest, I'm hoping you're going to put a few expletives in that I can beep out. Oh, f*** yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. There'll be a beep there. Right. Guests. We've got some guests coming up. So... On the 20th, we've got Joe Plum's going to join us, which is really cool. Um, he's been quite poorly recently with COVID. Yeah, so he's got to catch, COVID, yeah, he? got to catch up with him and just make sure he's okay. But we're going to record that on the 20th. 
So that'll be released on the 24th of July. And someone else who's going to come on, which I think will be really special, is the lady I saw last year as a counsellor, a lady called Jackie. She's volunteered to come on. And I think that'll be a really cool thing to interview her. So we're going to be able to interview a counsellor talking about what it's like to be a counsellor you know so we've talked about our experiences so it'd be nice to hear her experience and the only thing is whenever I do speak to her I get quite emotional so because obviously (laughs) it takes me back to where I was last year so I think it's going to be a really interesting podcast and we'll see how that goes but yeah we're going to get her on soon so I'm going to ask her when she's available and we'll get her on it and we're also going to talk to one of her colleagues, a lady called Shelley, who's a children's counsellor. So we're going to interview them separately, but we'll get them on here. So we see the point of view, you know, be lots of questions, I think, for someone like Shelley when we talk about children's counselling, because that's a really, really delicate area, I think. And yeah. there'll be mums and dads out there listening to us who would be interested in finding out what, what happens there. So, yeah, some really cool things coming up. And you've got Brad Jones. Yes, Brad Jones is going to come on. So for the people who don't know who Brad Jones is, he's a local lad. He lives in a a local village. And I sort of followed his journey because he got up into uh, British Superbikes. um, And I'm an avid motorcycle fan. And I watched him through British Supersport. And then he went into Superbikes. And he was at Brantach Indy Circuit and had a horrendous accident. And he very, very nearly didn't make it. He had a brain injury. He smashed his pelvis up. He was really, really poorly. And everyone, especially the local area, rallied round to um, get him out of intensive care because obviously he was up in um, in a hospital in Kent um, near Brands Hatch and everyone wanted to get him home. And I bought one of his T-shirts because it was to, to raise money to get him back. And Brad now, although he hasn't got on a motorbike yet, he is racing his push bike. And it's not he hasn't got a motorbike for any reason. He doesn't own a motorbike anymore because obviously he was racing British Superbikes. They give him a bike. So he's going to be riding Jamie Whitten's bike soon. But I saw him. I was out cycling and I saw him and said to him, oh, man, you know, I've followed your journey. Do you fancy coming on a podcast? And he was like, yeah, man, cool. So we're going to get him on so we can hear about his journey. And, you know, he's had a really, really tough time. And amazing to think where he is. You know, he was um, he was racing the other day on his push bike, and he um, he got a podium spot. Amazing that he turned it? that around. And again, credit to the NHS of of rehabilitating him and getting him to where he is. So yeah, some fantastic things coming up. So listen out. Should we talk about what we spoke about last week and happiness being a choice? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we had a bit of homework, didn't we, to go away <laughs> for the week and see if happiness is a choice. So, Lise. Is happiness a choice? How's your week been? I've been trying, especially at work, to do the whole, like, can I accept this situation? Can I change it? Can I move on? And I think it's made a bit of a difference. Good. Glad and I think it's helped because I've had a lovely weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like, my sister's down with the kids, so that's lovely to see them. We obviously did the walk for Sunday, so that was a lovely event, and it was nice to have everyone around. So it's been quite a happy weekend for me. So I think maybe like the test will be, the test might be this weekend because I've got to go and watch Thor and I've got absolutely no idea what's happened in the six previous Thor films. (laughs) So if I can sit through an hour and a half of that and be happy. (laughs) Wow, that's going to be cool. I mean, I think, I don't think going to the cinema is ever going to make you unhappy, is it? No, there's food involved, isn't there? So that usually makes me happy. And, you know, the three of us absolutely adore food, so food makes you happy. But yeah, I think I've, I've tried to be happier. What about you, Harves? Uh, very similar to Lisa, actually. I think that um, I, it's certainly been in my mind when things have happened during the week um, about how I respond and how I react to them. So I'm not going to not gonna sit here and go, yep, you can definitely choose to be happy. But like I said last week, I think we can choose to take better control of our emotions and our responses 
to those emotions. And what about you? Ah, well, what about you? It's unhappy. Yeah, I've not had such a good time. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a couple of things that have really annoyed me. So, yeah, I could go into detail about things that have happened, but I'm not going to because I don't want to offend anyone. But there's been a couple of situations this week. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting out of bed and I'm thinking, yeah, happiness is a choice. You know, I'm walking the dogs in the morning and I'm thinking, yeah, everything, everything's OK. But there's been a couple of things that have that have annoyed me, that have grated on me, that that other people have done. And it's affected my workload, the things I've got to do at the weekend and Yes, I, you know, I can accept it. That I can't change it. Can I move on for it? No, it's really annoyed me, man, that I've asked someone to do something, told them I want it done, and they've done the opposite. And then I've <laughs> got to put it right. That's really, really annoying. And so now I've got, to spend, yeah, I've got to spend my time and my money putting it right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really annoyed about that. You know, I'm kind of over it now. But I think it's very easy to just say happiness is a choice and deal with it. But when you're annoyed, man, you're annoyed, you know? Yeah, mm. that is annoying. And I can't change it, and I have to accept it. But am I annoyed? Yeah, yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that this this happened. Am I unhappy? No, but I'm annoyed. Well, there you go. It's working. Okay, okay. <laughs> let me let me. I want to reframe that entire question though. Then, so I'm I'm pretty sure we're almost unanimous in that happiness isn't directly a choice, and it's not something you can just switch on and switch off. Yeah. So maybe we'll reframe it and say, can you choose? be happier yes would I, so I, I think you're i think the question is before what happened before we talked about choosing to be happy would i have been annoyed by the situation more than i am is that what you're saying yeah yeah no i think i'd be equally annoyed really uh-huh. yeah but am i happier generally yeah i think so because i'm a couple of things i love is one walking the dogs you know you're in the moment i'm walking the dogs in the morning it kind of sets my day up I love driving my car. I know it's an old BMW, but I love driving it. And when I'm going to work and I'm listening to a podcast, I'm listening to music, I think, God, yeah, you know, there's not much to be unhappy about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I am happier. I'm reading Mo Gordat's book, which is Soul for Happy. And one of the things that sticks out in that is he says, default happy. Our default should be happy. Yeah. Like, like when he talks about babies. So I suppose in a way I'm defaulting to happy. I'm thinking default to happy. Nothing's happened yet to make you unhappy but when something annoys me yeah i can't deal with it in seven seconds like he can i think that takes some practice doesn't it yeah practice yeah but i think what we've all done since we've even just heard that concept is it's made us think differently and probably be a little bit happier than we might have been it's put that thought in there of practice makes perfect like you say lise and the more you practice this the better you'll get it yeah yeah you know, and in time to come, you know, maybe I'll just be like, yeah, cool, that guy. It's happened. I can't change it. I know I know, and have known people like that and not through Mo Gaudat or any, any, anybody else preaching it. It's almost their default setting, like you said, for a baby. But I know people that seem to just be able to brush anything off and move on from it quite quickly. And they have always sort of admired and been in awe of that kind of person. But are they driven? Are they driven to achieve and everything? Or are they so laid back? They're just like, yeah, whatever. And that's the thing. You know, I think I've met people who are super laid back, but from a, and I'm saying achieve, you know, this goes into success. What is success? Well, how do we measure that? But, you know, you know, you see that person, you go, they're totally chilled. They're totally laid back. But actually, would I want to live my life like that? Because I don't feel like that would be the life for me. No, but then it's subjective. 
exactly that you know like you said about success success is subjective you know achievement is subjective success for you might look different as success for me there's a lot of s's in this and i'm I'm tripping over them all <laughs> and it might look it might look different to you as it does to me so to that laid back person and their world and if they consider themselves that they've been successful and achieve what they want to achieve then that's got to be the ultimate for me Tom Belmont said to me the other day, because he listened to our podcast, and this is someone from the gym, and he said he defaults to happy. He said he knows getting out of bed on Monday, Monday's going to be a rubbish day because he's got a long day at work. You know, he works a 12-hour day on a Monday. Then he goes to the gym. He doesn't get home till late. He knows it's going to be a rubbish day. So he defaults to happy because he's like, well, it's all I can't do anything about it. I've got to get through it. So I might as well be happy about it. I think he's one of those kind of guys, isn't he? Like, he's always a smile on his face, Tom. Yeah. Always kind of, you know, he's had some trauma in his life. He's had, you know, yeah, he's had a lot go on, and he's, you know, still come out the other side smiling. And yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys. I think he's always, he always has been like that. Like since I've known him, he's always had a lot. Like he always laughs about everything. I mean, like he just, he's a good guy to have around you because he's always laughing. Yeah, um, and I think that's a good way to look at it. Am I doing that? Yeah, I think so. You know, but I generally, I think I'm. A fairly positive person you two might say actually no you're not but i feel like i'm a positive person half no not at all <laughs> you have a reputation amongst our small little gym community as being a cheerleader so you don't get that without yeah. being a positive person. yeah that's true yeah and i think you know i am generally positive but there is still stuff that annoys me but we hey we're not perfect man come on you know we've only been doing it a week yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so we will try and do our best to be yeah i'm gonna keep at it i'm sticking at it other things i want to talk about on this you know you know i said last week about that chinese proverb the best time to plant the tree is 20 years ago the second best time is now there's there's a couple of things conversations that have happened this week where i've been talking to people and it's made me think and i kind of wanted to run it past you guys and, and i think you know our community that listens out there would would maybe be able to um understand this and maybe sympathize with it i will be happy when oh that's a really yeah. bold statement that i've heard people say i'll be happy when i'll be happy when i've got that new car i'll be happy when i move house i'll be happy when i've lost two stone i'll be happy when i've lost two stone and then i can go to the gym and i've heard that this week and it's made me sort of think that that we need to act now on those things like Mm -hmm. what if when never comes i know someone like that and every time you kind of see them, they're always wait. They're not very happy, and they're always going, "Oh, but once this happens, everything will be fine, and it'll be better." And you think that isn't going to make you happier, you know? Like, do you know what? It's a cliche quote, but to me, it's probably one of the most important ones you hear, and that is that happiness is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. To be happy when doesn't should doesn't exist. I hope there's people out there listening who go, "Oh my God, I say that." Listen to that Chinese proverb. The best time to plant the tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. That when might never come. So why don't you act on it right now? It it might be something really simple in your life. It might be something really complicated. Acting now will help you, that person out there who who is listening. Uh, Weirdly, I've got a little thing. I used to have on my notice board at work. It was a little... um 
I think I put it off the internet. It's two little, almost like little stick men. One of them's got a little jar and it's got like happiness on the front. And the other one's going, where did you find that? I've been looking for that everywhere. And he comes along and he says, I found it. I, oh no, like I made it myself. And it's like, you know, you're not going to find happiness. You've got to make your own happiness. It, it came up in a, in a conversation with someone and I didn't, I didn't really say anything, but I walked away thinking, oh my God, like, is that when ever going to happen? What if when never happens? You know, are you ever going to... And believe me, I've felt like that in the past. You know, mm. I've, I've felt, God, I'll be happy when I can do this. I'll be, I'll be happy when that happens. What if the when never comes? You know, you'll spend your life wanting and waiting for something to happen and it might never happen. The other thing I heard this week was I was having a really good conversation with, with someone who... This will probably hit home to them if they're listening. And... They were talking about their situation and they were saying, you know, uh, no, no real money issues, got a nice house, you know, the first world sort of thing that we were talking about, you know, don't, you know, doesn't really need for much, doesn't want for much. But, and the loved one said, God, I was happier when we had nothing. When we had nothing, when we started out, I was happier. Now we've got all this stuff that's made me unhappy. That's a really powerful thing, isn't it? Well, I think the trouble is with, with making stuff you're happy is that, this is certainly the Western human nature is we just want more stuff, more things. And we live in a world as well, don't we, where it's, it's everything's available. Like years ago, my parents, we grew up with not much money. If we wanted something, we had to save for it. You know, whereas now we just go and put it on a credit card. If we haven't got the money, put it on the credit card. We don't think about whether or not we can afford it or whether we really want it. Everything is available to everyone. You know, if you want to go and buy a designer handbag for thousands of pounds, you can go and put it on your credit card. Whereas years ago... But is that going to make you happy? Well, no. But it's sort of just the lifestyle we're used to, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. We want everything. And that's now. what makes us unhappy. We can have everything we want. It's too much choice. My um, This is a bit of a strange analogy to use, but I was talking to my dad about this a while ago, and he uses Christmas as the analogy about when you reflect on your childhood Christmases, which are huge events as a kid. And this might not work for you, but it definitely worked for me is you don't, when you look back at Christmas, you don't think about the presents. You think about the feelings and how it made you feel and who you were with and where you were. And you don't remember or you don't, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is not what you got. And I think that analogy can just be multiplied to life. I can remember one Christmas, like we, again, like we didn't have a lot of Christmas and birthdays the only time we got presents. Whereas now, you know, like the kids in our family get stuff if they see it they want it they have it we had one christmas when my mum bought us she used to do us a little bag of like little tiny gifts that weren't gifts but just little like 50p things from the shop she bought us these little flicker things they were just a roll of paper which you flick we spent hours that christmas running around our house hiding from each other flicking each other with these little things on a stick and that kept us amused and like i said it's one of my best memories of a christmas and i think my brother and sister would probably say the same like and it was a simple gift and it was the little things like that that you remember, isn't it? It's not like the... It was, you, it was you playing with each other, wasn't it? Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about when we were saying you're living in the moment. And that's what we were yeah. talking That's what we're saying, isn't it, Harv? When you look back at those Christmases, yeah. you remember the moment. It's not the surrounding things. It's the moment that you're there and that memory and the, the people that were there and the fun you had. And like you said, Lise, you know, to playing with your brother and sister, you never forget that. And it was a 50p... Yeah present yeah it's like a little stick we're just flicking each other these sticks all day <laughs> is a is a hundred pound a month gym membership going to fix their unhappiness is a thousand pound handbag going to fix their happiness isn't brand new you know mercedes convertible going to fix their happiness or do we need to just take our foot off the gas and go back to basics you know rather than having that gym membership go out for a walk 
just go for a 10 minute walk that view of having the mercedes or getting the the car you, all you do there is is actually you kick the can of happiness further down the road because you'll be looking for the next thing and the next thing i think you have to identify what makes you unhappy but i think when you're in that moment for these these poor people who are living it i don't think they understand what is making them unhappy hence why they uh, think see, i think we know but we don't want to there was always i went to see jillian michaels once and she did a talk about like you know people know the answer to a question so when you say to someone what's wrong and they say i don't know they know what's wrong but they just aren't ready to either admit it yet or they don't know how to come to terms with it within my last relationship we both knew that was wrong but neither of us wanted to be the ones to say we're not happy do you know what I mean and we just dragged it out until it got to a toxic state where we had to come to an end because it was just (laughs) horrendous but if you can be brave enough to say what's making you unhappy and think how am I going to change that I think that's part of the problem like we're too afraid to kind of deal Let's say it's hard to like have these conversations with people sometimes, isn't it? Like, I mean, I've listened to I listened to something the other day, and I the, the woman was called Britney Summit, and I can't remember her name. I'll try Spears. and remember it so we can. It wasn't Britney Spears, no, and it wasn't Britney Ferries. Anyway, whatever her name was, <laughs> I'll find it afterwards. And she was a, a psychologist, and she talked she talks about being stuck and how that so many people are stuck, and actually, for some people, being stuck is okay because they don't want to do enough about it. But for other people, you have to address your being stuck and then you have to identify it first. And that identification comes from having some pretty honest conversations. And that stuck can be work, it could be relationships, it could be you know, family, it could be whatever. But there is uh, a lot of people, I think, out there that are probably stuck. If there's people out there feeling like this, feeling like, oh, my new Mercedes has just been delivered and I feel empty, you know, I'm miserable, even though I've got what I always wanted or that new handbag or whatever, you know, whatever's out there or something else I have, you know. That's from last week. I don't know if you remember when I said climb Snowden or something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone else go back to the basics, you know, rather than that hundred pound gym membership, that's going to stress you out because you're not using it because you don't feel like going, go for a walk, put some shoes on, go outside and walk. It's free. If you've got an old bike in the garage, dust it off and go for a ride. Do the things that make you happy, but do it simply. No pressure. You know, does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I've only I've only really recently come to think like that at all, you know, and I listen to a lot of I mean, we live in a great age for having information available to us. And as you know, we're on a podcast, we're obviously podcast fans. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of people that have done the research, talk about happiness, talk about living a better life in general. And do you know what? Nearly always it boils down back down to the basics. It really does. And you know, the essentials, the things that we need as humans, they're the things we need, which is why. You know, I was reading something the other day about the hobbies we find actually are the things that take us back to those basics. When people go fishing or they go shooting or they go running, they're all things that don't require other stuff. We're just going back to our basic, to our primitive desires to find happiness. Running is therapy for me, you know, to just chuck a pair of trainers on and go out and you just, I lose myself and I can... I can go and think over some stuff that happened that day. And I remember my wife saying to me years ago, for God's sake, go out for a run. You're miserable. Get out of the house. Go for a run. And then you come back half an hour later and I go, God, I feel so much better. But you don't have to go out for a run. You don't have to have a gym plan or a personal trainer. Just go to the, you know, we got to like take that jump out of it that I need to do this to be happy. Go for a walk. Go rather than go and sit in, in a gym on a treadmill, go for a walk. Go for a run outside. Go back to the basics, you know? 
And I'll tell you what we, you could add to that as well. And it's something we discussed yesterday, obviously outside of the podcast. And that is, again, social media, there's a lot of bad to it, but there is a lot of good, especially with things like Instagram. And whatever you're into, you can find like-minded people out there. You can find your tribe. I think that's what they, people refer to it as. So, you know, I've been big on the sobriety thing at the moment and trying to, you know, try not to drink. And it's, it's a hell of a lot easier by using social media to find like-minded people and share and motivate. And if you're into walking, there'll be plenty of people sharing what they've seen on their walks or where they've walked or or whatever it is that will inspire you to go out and do it again and again. So there are there are instant tribes and instant ways of uh, finding support and people to share your things with. Someone said to me years ago, and I, I was 20s when someone said this to me, if you want a positive life, surround yourself with positive people. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's always been in the back of my mind, you know, and there's at times there's been poisonous people in my life, you know, mates I've hung around with doing things I shouldn't do. And, you know, I look back at now, great times, but it was the wrong decision without a doubt. And I think that now with the social media and the connectivity we've got out there you don't need to go far to find those positive people like you say halves i'm big on sobriety i'm 917 days today whoop, whoop. yep whoop, whoop. and you can go and find sober people and there's a lot of people who follow me and i follow them just because they've got alcohol free or sober in their name because yeah. i'm a big fan of it and i think it's a really cool thing and it really suits me you've said on this pod before we're in a world where we're so connected but also so disconnected i think was what you said and um you know find those positive people in your life and and follow them and yeah yeah because you could go down completely the other route and, and surround yourself with things that are toxic to you you know because these things will work on algorithms etc so if you start looking at things that are going to be that damage you and make you feel sad or make you feel like a lesser you know lesser of a person or, or like you're not achieving much then you're just gonna your feed is going to be full of that so, um, and it's the same with the people in your life exactly like you just said you know i love a dog video the more dog videos i watch the more come on my feed in your feed yeah. yeah and so go out there find what you like if you want to you there's videos of people running do you know what i mean there's videos of people fishing there's anything you want isn't there we need to seamlessly move on to the lauren jump segment of today's <laughs> podcast because we always like to have the lauren now now because you're such a master of the sound when we move on to the lauren jumps can you do like a boing yes yes i absolutely can so ready we'll do this and then i'll edit it in afterwards so let's move on to the lauren jumps segment of our podcast boing what's the latest yeah she's not coming on the podcast really i cannot <laughs> believe that i owe you both an apology because i was so convinced she was going to come on and you guys were like yeah good luck yep her agent emailed me back and said she's very busy skipping i'm sure you know she's probably skipping for 12 15 hours a day and she can't make it which is very unfortunate but you know she did talk about the brave and determined company and she did talk about our podcast so like you said a while ago harv what is it and a no is better than no response at all yeah, because it means they've spoken about it, doesn't it? Yeah. So it means registered. that Lauren Jumps has spoken about the Brave and Determined Company, our non-for-profit business supporting mental health, and she's talked about the really bad mental health podcast. Although she is super busy, I mean, she's probably, you know, it's what, nine o'clock at night, she's probably still skipping now. <laughs> she's too busy to come on. So that's cool, man. She's not going to listen to this, so we can say whatever we want. We'll remember it. When we're, when we're big and famous and she wants to come on, we'll remember this day. And we'll be too busy, maybe. 
Yeah, exactly. And then by then we'll have like um, Susie skips, you know, she'll be coming on the podcast weekly to tell us the new moves she's doing or Dave skips, you know, there'll be someone out there. Yeah. If there's anyone out there who skips, who it wants to, to come on the podcast. Get, get in touch. We might be able to get um, Clive Smith skip. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, yeah, Clive Smith is like a massive skip company in the uh, around Dorset and South Wiltshire. Let's let's email him see if let's we can see. get him on. You know, let's let's ask him. <laughs> we couldn't get Lauren Jumps the skipping the, the jump rope celebrity uh, with a million followers. So we get somebody that owns a skip hire company. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic. Seamlessly. <laughs> so, what we're going to talk about this week, Lise? This week, we're going to talk about overtraining and the negative effects of it on our mental health. I think you've got a list of things that that are a result of overtraining, haven't you? So, some of the symptoms of overtraining are a plateau or decline in your workout performance, a perception of increased exertion during what would be a normal or easy workout. So, you feel like you're working harder than you are. Uh, unusual feelings of heaviness, stiffness or sore muscles, lack of feeling refreshed after rest and recovery, recurrent injuries, a decline in enthusiasm for exercise, which I have suffered with <laughs> the last couple of weeks, persistent feelings of fatigue and exhaustion, decline in motivation and self-confidence, lack of enjoyment, unusual mood, which I also suffered from this, unusual mood or emotions, agitation, irritability, confusion, which is something someone picked up on this week and said, you seem like you're not with it this week. Um, Lise. Um, I know I'm not normally with it, but... No, no, let's, just quickly, on the confusion point, let's talk about your footwear. <laughs> this is a good story, Lise. Come on, tell us about what happened Monday so, night at half five at the CrossFit gym. I normally pack my bag before I go to bed, and I didn't. I didn't have time. So on Monday, I got up in the morning, packed my bag, went to work, went to get changed after work, and realised I'd picked up one Metcon 5 and one Metcon 7. So two different two different trainers. Two yeah. completely different shoes. Yeah, same colour-ish. But luckily, one was a left and one was a one right. Was left, so you could wear right. them together. So I could have done it. Yeah. Um, but even more luckier, luckier, luckier than that was there was an old pair of my trainers at the box still, which I managed to wear instead. I'd love that story to be, so I opened my bag and there was a Wellington and a stiletto. <laughs> And I did the workout anyway. I think the root <laughs> cause of this problem here, least, is you own too many pairs of CrossFit shoes. I think yeah. that's the problem too. Yeah. And they all look very similar. How many pairs of CrossFit trainers you got? Uh, Metcon 5s. Off the top of your head? Nice. Uh, Ballpark. Probably about eight. Eight pairs of trainers? Yeah. Maybe more. Oh, no, nine. For CrossFit? I've got one. How many have you got, Harv? Uh, I've got two now because I've just upgraded to the Flintstones <laughs> version. Of the Reebok Nano. Probably 10 if you include my lifters. Oh my God, really? Have you got other trainers as well, like running trainers? And I know Lisa doesn't like to run, but. I don't really run. So I've got one pair of trainers that I would use for run, but. Lisa loves to lift. It's not Lisa loves to run. Lisa's not really loving to do anything at the moment, but. (laughs) I was on the phone to someone this week and they said, Is that person on the podcast? Is that Lisa (laughs) loves to lift? And I was like, Yeah, man, you're famous. You're out there. Well, that, I mean, on a, on a more serious point then, Lise, I mean, that the last line you just said there, 
for anybody that knows you would be that's quite a shocking line I was just talking to Laura about it tonight as well before the podcast Mrs Patson um yeah I've just had I don't know what it is before holiday I was exhausted and one of the girls cat said to me you know you can tell you're really tired today like I took the weight off I didn't sort of finish a workout and she said you know just have a week off have some rest and it shocked me how the thought of not doing anything for a week really got me anxious and I was proper like it's always making me a bit upset to think that I wasn't going to be able to work out for a week which is bizarre and this is where we need to be truthful with ourselves because as good as the gym is and as motivational it is it can go the other way and be detrimental yeah Yeah. I was like why am I this upset and worked up and anxious about not being able to work out and I don't know whether this is part of it Lisa and I might be totally wrong but um so I used to train mornings. You've been training a lot of mornings, doing a lot of morning classes. And for some people, that is absolutely brilliant. It sets them up for the day, gets them out there. But I do generally do the half past five in the evening class now. And that is normally the, uh, let's say, the liveliest, most jovial. Sorry to anybody else who does another class. The liveliest and most, most jovial class. And that is a big part of yeah. my training now and about when I go. And you have actually done quite a lot of morning classes lately, haven't you? Yeah. We haven't seen you a lot at the gym because you've been training 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that's, yeah, the right time for me to train. But because I've had other stuff going on, I've been going in the morning because I feel like I have to go. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I feel like... That's it. Take the day off and go, I'm going out tonight. Yeah. What about the week off then? Um, Yeah. I mean, it was all right. It took a while to get into. I went swimming a couple of mornings, but not like anything too sort of heavy. And I did a run, a mile run one day. But yeah, it was all right, but I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy not working out. Like I need my routine. And for me, like going to the gym is something I can control. At times in my life, I need that sense of control over things. And I think I was sort of saying to Chris a couple of nights ago, I I feel like I've reached a point in the moment where I'm not getting any better. I'm not progressing. I'm not, let's say not enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as I was. But I think also that's because this time last year, I needed it more because I was in such a different place than what I'm in now. So I could go to the gym. I, just, I had to smash out that workout to get rid of everything that was going on. And therefore I was working harder, progressing more. I was, I needed to have that in my life. Whereas now I probably don't need it as much. And I'm finding it hard to be able to work at that intensity. And then I'm getting annoyed and frustrated with myself and upset because I feel like I'm not doing very well. I can mirror absolutely what you are feeling, Lee. So I've been in a similar position and I keep hurting myself. You know, I'm 42 soon. I'm not getting any younger. You know, I want to go pro, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> you know, I'm and I'm a self-confessed and I know you'll go, oh, you're good. But I'm a self-confessed, not very good at CrossFit, but I love it. And that's why I go. And I know you're going to say, Harves, oh, you're good. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a very, very bog standard CrossFitter. But I enjoy it. And what I actually enjoy and what you touched on, Harves, is the social side mm-hmm. of it. And I was on an unlimited membership where it it put pressure on me to go every day because I'm thinking, well, I'm paying for that. So go every day because then you're getting your money's worth. So then I'll do double class on a Saturday, Friday, double class on a Saturday. Then and I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And I and I got better. I got, re, you know, I got better and better and better. And I was up in the weights and I was I mean, there was one workout at least when you were like, dude, you need to take that weight off because we were doing dumbbell snatches. And I remember you saying, mate, that's too heavy. But I felt like I was getting there. I was getting towards that that RX weight, which it, which means is the, the sort of standard weight for men's. 
And then and then I just I started going downhill. I started getting worse and worse mm. and worse. And then I'd get injured and then it, it would take longer to recover and I'd be getting out of bed feeling. And so what I've done now is I've actually changed my membership so I can only go three times a week. And the reason I've done that is to keep me out of the gym. Mm. I've only ever had that three times a week membership. I've never had one. And occasionally I do a bonus class that I pay separately for, but I've only ever had the three times a week membership. So I've never had the the feeling like you have that you need to get your money's worth because you're paying paying for more. I've always and it, so that in itself has controlled what I do. I mean, I generally do three sessions a week. Sometimes that has to be two because of work commitments or whatever, but that definitely works for me. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about this, we're talking about the gym and that, um, you know, it's almost an addiction, isn't it? Oh, the yeah. addiction to the gym and that feeling. And that's, you know. And I think as well, like I've said before about like getting validation on Instagram posts. And I think I put a lot of it, emphasis on that's something I feel like I can do well. And I like the feeling of being able to do that well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like other people in my life have got things that they're good at or they, you know, and in some respects, I feel like I'm not necessarily as successful as them because I'm, you know, I'm single, I've got no children. And they're all things that are my issues that no, you know, no one else says to me, oh God, what, you know, you're failing at life because you haven't got a boyfriend, you aren't, you're not married, you haven't got kids. But be, my own issues with that, make me feel sometimes I'm a bit of a failure so when I've got something that I'm quite good at I want to get better at it and I want everyone to be like oh my god this you're amazing and when that doesn't happen I get a little bit like oh my god I'm, I'm useless at this now as well and that's a really like bad place to be in because it's just CrossFit you know what I mean like you say like we're never going to be professional and I'll let, I'll let you into a secret Lise nobody is out there thinking Gosh, she's not very good at this. Do you know? I was just about to say the same. <laughs> I, I was just about to say, God, Lise, you're winning at life, man. You, you're you're not failing. I know, and it's really hard, like because if it, and this was someone else, if this was anyone else at the gym saying this to me, I'd be saying the same thing. I'd be like, mm. you know, you and I know my worth isn't, you know, I know it's not represented by how quickly I finish a wad or how much I do or don't lift, but there's that tiny part of me that sort of still needs that outside validation i still haven't quite got to that point where i can be like it doesn't matter what i'm doing hey well tonight you knew what so you worked out 6 30 this morning and you knew that i was going in at half five and when we jumped on this zoom call the first thing you said was what time did you get i'm saying like we're all competitive in our family it's one of our worst traits like me and my sister and brother we would all admit we are competitive but it's a good thing to be competitive and this is what we're talking about we're saying this about the gym but this could be any. It could be running. You know, you get addicted to running. It could be reading. You can't stop putting your books down. Swimming, fishing, whatever. It could be anything. And that comparison, you've said to me before, Lise, comparison is the joy killer. When you compare to other people, yeah. when you look over and you go, well, she's lifting more than me, or he's lifting more, or they ran faster, or they did that. Comparison is the joy killer. And the anxiety of us not training enough and getting left behind yeah. is the bad side of what we do. And we talk so much about the positivity of what we do, the CrossFit and the, the community and the belonging. But there are the, the other sides that we have to be careful of. Yeah, it is a very addictive. I mean, it is almost a bit cultish, isn't it? Like that whole addictive nature of it all. It is, it is very addictive. And like you say, the, the, the way that it's structured in that you can... It's weird because you know no one's looking at you. You know when no one's actually paying attention to what you're doing. Yet you can't help but feel, or I can't, 
help but feel a little bit inadequate sometimes when I don't finish before someone else or I don't lift as heavy as I think I can or I should be doing do you know what I mean and that's my issue it's no one else's I know it's my own you know it's something I've got to deal with yeah and I'm, I'm really trying to not and I know it's easy and I keep saying this and I've said this to you guys time and time again I'm trying not to judge myself on other people and I'm trying to just do what I what I want to do so if I'm lifting a lot lighter weight like when we worked out together on Monday least I was lifting the same as you and there's no shame in that yeah. I'm still there you know I'm still doing what I'm doing and like my wife when she goes out running and she goes she comes back and she goes god I wasn't as fast as I was last time and I go yeah but you're lapping everyone on the sofa yeah and I love that you've said that before and that's a brilliant way of looking at it you know, and the same the same applies to me. You know, Monday's workout was one of the few that I could I knew I could go to the the weights that you know the RX the prescribed weights, but I could only run once. Everybody else was mm. running out the door time and time again, and I have to go and get on a piece of cardio that doesn't damage my hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. Your amazing hamstrings, incredible, my incredible hamstrings, <laughs> and that is that could be frustrating, but it just makes me laugh now. Yeah, Jamma this morning, he ran, but he was the last in. And like for him, that must be really hard because he's super competitive. Yeah. He's coming back from injury, but he's still well, giving Well, for those who don't best. know, he's just had ACL yeah. surgery on his knee. <laughs> yeah. He probably shouldn't be running at all, Jamma, if you're listening. No. no. <laughs> well, and Jamma's doctor, if you're listening. <laughs> he wasn't running. <laughs> he wasn't running. Okay. Yeah. Jamma's wife. He wasn't running. But I feel like, you know, like if he could do it and just accept that that's where he is at the moment. Can he accept it, or is he beating himself well, up? Yeah, inside? maybe. Maybe everyone else just doesn't talk about it. That's just me at the moment again. I'm being dramatic. Well, yeah, but this is why we do a podcast, <laughs> like that, yeah. isn't it? Because we do want to talk about it. And you know, we've talked about all the positivity surrounding what we do, but there are some negative sides, and that's why we decided to talk about it. You yeah. know, I was in. You know, we did three hundred for three hundred, and then I was in a gym. We did it on the Saturday. I went on the Monday, and I went again on the Wednesday. I think. And man, I I had that feeling of what on earth am I doing? I hate this place right now. I had no motivation to do it. I had no energy. I just wanted to walk out, you know, and I was the last to finish because I was I was exhausted. And that's when I came home and thought, I text Chris, who, who owns the gym and said, mate, I need to drop my membership down because I need to stay out of the gym. I need to 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 just come three times a week. So I fall in love with it again and I'm rested and I can go swimming, I can go cycling, I can go running, I can walk the dogs. All right, mate. I can do what? what? <laughs> I can go running, sorry. Yeah, see, this is the other I, thing. Like, I, I, was training, I was training six <laughs> times a week and then go swimming in the mornings as well as training. So I'd, go get, up at, I'd get up at six, go swimming for half an hour and then go to the gym after work. And if you haven't got a job... And responsibilities yeah. <laughs> that's fine yeah but you know we've all got jobs and commutes and people we look after and loved ones and yeah podcasts to record yeah <laughs> but yeah i'm hopeful that i'm gonna well, i am gonna get out of it i don't want to be in this kind of slump about it because i do love it and it is you know it's become part of who i am i would say lise if i could offer any advice and i am no one to offer any advice at all come to the half five yeah because and i'm not you know i'm not saying 6 30 is a tough time to train yeah. Being, you know, getting in a swimming pool was a different thing because you get in at 6.30 in the morning and you're on your own. You're just doing lengths. That's all you're doing. And it's kind of, um, you know, that repetitive thing that gives you the headspace you need. But a CrossFit gym at 6.30 in the morning is a different thing, isn't it? And I've trained in the 6.30 and I've, I've struggled. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, I did a long period of having to train in the morning. But it is horses for courses. And for some people, it's absolutely perfect. It works. But for me, you know... I look forward to the half five class, 
because of the guys and girls that I see there and la- have a laugh with. It's I actually get to see my mates three times a week. I'm 35 years old, and I'm really looking forward to doing that three times a week. 36. The other thing with the half five is, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, you see the guys in the half four and the guys in the half six. Yeah, so true. you see a, a, a bigger array of people, you know, which is cool. Because then if, you know, Johnny from the middle and Tom B are doing the half four and half six, you still see them, even though you don't train with them. Yeah. You get to catch up and just say, hey, which is a cool thing as well. Yeah. So I think for me, the half five works. Um, the half six in the morning definitely doesn't. But, you know, fair play to those people who, who enjoy the half six. So, But, you've along, you know, you've recognised you've recognised something and you're talking about it, you know. Yeah. And that's what we're here yeah, to yeah. do. We share our, we suffer loudly so people don't die in silence. Yeah. Yeah. And overtraining is obviously a real thing. And if it's affecting your mental health, then it's a really, really real thing. Yeah. So anything else from you guys? Uh, we bought a shop. No, not yet. We didn't do that yet. <laughs> Do that tomorrow. We nearly quit our jobs and opened a coffee shop today. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> With no money. And we just said Lisa can quit her job and come and work for us volunteering. Who needs just choose to be happy? Exactly. You don't need money. Yeah. When, when, yeah, when, the, exactly. when the lad will come to get his rent, we're like, got some happiness for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can have a happiness jar on the, on the counter yeah. and people can take some with them as they go. Happiness, yeah. take it oh, it'd be you. amazing, wouldn't it? It'd be amazing. It'd oh, be amazing. it would be so cool. It will, but one day we will open a bad co coffee shop and merch store and a place where people can drop in and talk to like minded people about their struggles. Yeah, and we are changing slowly, we're changing people's perceptions with this podcast, and we're doing a really cool thing because we get feedback where people actually enjoy listening to it, which was never our intention. <laughs> we didn't care whether anyone listened or not, but they are, so we should keep doing it. And it's great fun. I love catching up with you two. So there we go. And remember, uh, I just feel like we should have a thing at the end. And remember, remember what? Huh? I don't know. Everybody's got their little catchphrase, haven't they? Like high performance podcast. It's well do the world class basics. Um, another one I listen to is if you risk nothing, you risk everything. Ours is his least to sing us. Yeah. <laughs> we got this. this weekend summer breeze i am i am making the concrete pad slightly bigger that's underneath my log <laughs> oh. cabin that is now built was it in the wrong place yeah i don't really want to talk about it but that <laughs> might be one of the things that upset me this week <laughs> but first world problem ads yeah that I'm whole sentence would be you know your log cabin yeah yeah me this weekend it's i'm I think I'm going to be doing some work on Saturday because we've, um, with my brother helping him do some gardening work in the in the blazing sunshine that we're forecast to have, and then nice. open gym. I think on Sunday with Johnny from the middle. Uh, open gym. What's where? this going on? Uh, we just you know just uh, having a chat. Can anyone come along? So we're going to try and get in the uh, in the gym. Yeah, yeah. You, you two guys are obviously more than welcome. I don't know what time we're going up yet, but um, uh, I'm going to the cinema, so I can't. Just hit, just want that 200 kg deadlift, one rep max, and then I'll go home. Nice. No, you're all right, mate. You don't have to go in and do that, do you? You could go in and do a uh, the thing I can't do, can't even get close to, and you can nearly do. So, oh, what a muscle up? Exactly. Yeah, a banded muscle exactly. up. Oh, well, yeah, I can't yeah. do a banded muscle up. And for those who don't know what a banded muscle up is, I'll uh, post a video of me doing one later. No, I'm not really. <laughs> But I am going to do some skipping and get that on there and tag Lauren Jones, yes. and then she's going to be well gel, and then she's going to get on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, she, we'll then she'll be goes. Lauren Hunt. 
Oh no, that's different. <laughs> and on that note, thanks guys. <laughs> See you later. Bye. 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 Boing.